0: Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside.
1: Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we're going to go back in time and go and revisit the War Games uh, spectacle on Sunday night. We're going to talk a little... AEW Dynamite uh, what's going to I guess coming up here in a little bit Winter is coming maybe Kyle O'Reilly is too we're going to jump over into New Japan we haven't talked New Japan in a while Best of the Super Juniors and World Tag League are starting to wrap up we could talk about that and what it means for Wrestle Kingdom we're going to talk Jeff Hardy we're going to talk about WWE name and likeness and a whole bunch more this week on the Band for Ringside podcast at 9 to 5. It's time to fill live. What up, Marks? It's your boy, JCB. Welcome to the latest edition of the Band for Ringside podcast. Uh, I guess I should throw the AK out out there before I forget. Handing ovation, aka for JCB this week. Out there in Portland, (laughs) Oregon. BFR West being represented. Two beers at Pullman. Tell me something good, Two Beer. Uh, Man,
0: uh, something good is uh, that damn pastrami! I was just telling you that I ate, and uh, dude, you made me I so jealous about that.
1: It. I was about to say you made me so jealous about that. If it wasn't so late in the afternoon, I would run out and get me a pastrami myself. Um, what's that? Uh, the sandwich place? Joyous? Gio- Am I pronouncing that right? Joyous. Joyous. That's like ten minutes that's away. My, it's literally ten minutes. Sandwich yeah, without question, it's
0: the only sandwich, the only sandwich place I've ever heard of that only serve sandwiches and has won a James Beard award
1: it is it's absolutely amazing. It's literally 10 minutes away and I have to kind of like, you know, don't go every day. Don't go every day. Don't go every day if I want to. It's like at least a once a month kind of a treat for me. Joyous, if you're local in the STL, take your ass down to Joyous. You can tell I'm banned from ringside since they'll look at you crazy because they're not a sponsor, but you can go there anyway. Just, you know, give me a high five next time you see me. So obviously we are down one man. Bill is a little under the weather. Uh, He did take his COVID test negative. On the COVID test, I'm sure he doesn't give me give a shit about me saying that because it is negative. But he cannot speak, which would have been an interesting podcast to itself. God, I just oh, I'm on a real just there, some fierce. So we're giving him the <laughs> week off <laughs> so he can get his shit together. He will be back next week. So in this scenario, allow us to bow our heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band for Ringside Podcast, Volume Two, Three, Four, Chapter Three, Verse 14 of the Good Smart Says hashtag. Boom the heels it is all good baby listen share subscribe repeat the holy trinity of bfr we're not gonna fuck around two beers got shit to do and the steers game's coming up at seven o'clock so on that lovely note let's get to that three count the one count this week we're gonna go back and talk about the war games uh nxt uh i guess pay-per-view for lack of a better word this is the first uh pay-per-view for the 2.0 brand. I wasn't, I'll be honest, I I wasn't looking forward to that. I think uh, last week's episode, uh, granted Vice did come in and throw a monkey wrench and everything and brought us all kinds of shots and got us more fucked up, but I guess that uh, more so to my point, I needed that to get excited about talking about this pay-per-view. I wasn't looking forward to it. Two Beer, what what was your thoughts coming into the uh, pay-per-view?
0: Oh, I mean, I couldn't give a shit less if you couldn't tell by my Prediction uh, last week i had zero interest in this despite it being more great games which is you know a pretty fun gimmick but um i was pleasantly surprised at a lot of it um some of it was as bad as i thought it was going to be but uh i did not hate that i spent my time watching this show okay well then i'll, I'll
1: let you jump in first would you what was your your biggest takeaway your most pleasant surprise from uh sunday night
0: Uh, I mean, the men's war game match was really good. It did not overstay its welcome. And even though a lot of the guys were very, very green, Mm. um, the veterans really did a good job of carrying it. And I thought it was a pretty damn good match.
1: Yeah, as much as I don't want to give this guy credit, I'm going to give him credit because I thought he was a standout performer on the men's side. Grayson Waller took a lot of bumps, delivered a lot of bumps, and... I've said it on this podcast and I've said it on Twitter multiple times that I'm not a huge Grayson Waller fan. I just don't... He kind of rubs me the wrong way. He comes off as that reality star that, you know, is just... Just his shit doesn't stink. So it's easy for me to root against him. I couldn't give him... Any shit about Sunday night? I thought he did an amazing job. I thought he was the MVP of the uh, the War Games men's side of the match. Obviously, I shouldn't say obviously, but those who don't know or been living on the rock for the last four or five days, NXT 2.0 did go over in the uh, the main event of War Games: Braun Breaker, Spears chomps through a table and gets the one, two, three. So that obviously now. Puts them at one win piece. We'll talk about the fallout here on that in a little bit. Uh, for me, the biggest takeaway was, uh, I guess I'm going to go with Cora Jade. I, I think she worked me, dog. And for a little bit, I'm like, okay, this will, and don't get me wrong, the, the swan off of the top, through the table. Just sick, just a sick fucking move. I'm like, okay, I didn't know you this had you had this in you, Cora Jade. But then she comes up holding her shoulder, and I'm like, ah, shit, you know, goddamn, but that's the last thing we need. So I'm thinking in the middle of the match, you know, she's legit hurt. You know, what we going to do? And now, you know, Dr. E. O. Shirai comes over and jacks that back into place. So I'm like, what the fuck is this? Okay, I'm getting worked. I'm totally getting worked. And, I, and Right then, I was like, okay, I have fallen for the Okie doke I've just gotten worked. So, obviously, we got a four-on-three advantage for the heels. And then Cora Jade gets the win. Rolling up uh, M- Mandy Rose... I'm not a huge fan of that I mean if you're going to do a deep row up stack like that you probably need both arms to keep the stack down but neither here nor there um, apparently they have some sort of plan for Cora Jade now what that plan is I don't know you, th- you just don't have her doing these spots and then pinning your champion which I think was a mistake by the way and not have some sort of long-term plan for Cora Jade. What did you think about the women's War Games match?
0: Yeah, I actually thought that was about the only good thing in this entire match. Um, Ouch. I thought, you know, obviously six spots. Uh, she did a good job selling the arm. I mean, especially, you know, if you're just a wrestling fan and you watch a lot of stuff, like we just saw Kota Bushi, like mm-hmm. was in a main, goddamn New Japan main event, pretty much the height of wrestling, you know, if you're, the nerdiest of nerds uh, like we are, and you like really partake, right? This is just like the creme de la creme or that sticky, icky, icky. You know, <laughs> the real, real.
2: ooh we
1: Put it in the app. So,
0: yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, uh, it kind of brought, you know, a little bit like that, but WWE is usually good, um, especially I think in this sense with a lot of these uh, women not having a ton of experience especially in a match like this uh, where it, it, I was getting work and then I was like man I was like this thing's still going on I'm like they would have thrown up the X like even in a war game right so but it was still it was so good but yeah this match was just a sloppy ass mess I uh, I was just frightened the whole time <laughs> for no, everybody.
1: I, when I guess it was JC Jane brought out the table. That to me, where I was like, oh, okay. You know, God forbid, you know, this is no disrespect to JC Jane. I'm not sitting up here and saying I could do a suicide dive without, you know, getting my feet clipped on the middle rope. But that's the one person I didn't want to see doing any kind of crazy shit, okay? We have seen you bite it, okay? I don't want to see you bite it tonight for my entertainment. Please step away from the table. Uh, the other guy that I thought was, at least guy-wise, I thought was really impressive was uh, Fabian Eigner in the uh, Imperium versus Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner match. Now, don't get me wrong. I had no illusions that the... Uh, the challengers are going to win. I've been saying for a long, long time that I've been waiting for Von Wagner to turn on Kyle Riley, and then obviously it happened at the end of the uh, the match or whatever the case may be. Kyle Riley, <laughs> he kills me. He's like, dude, you don't think I see this coming? I'm like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you like one of the smartest baby faces I know. You know, most baby faces don't see the heel turn coming. He saw the heel turn coming, you know, did the DX, did the uh, UE, which me, leads me to believe more and more that he is gone after this but we'll talk about that in 30 seconds first things first tell me what you thought about the tag team match second thing is kyle riley truly leaving wwe
0: uh so first things first i'll see the line from jcb I mean, like, I you stole my Thunderdog." Hey! Uh, i think uh baby and eichner pretty much solidified my vote my b for vote for most underrated wrestler um I'm mean, going to have to think on it, you know, some, because we're not to the beefers yet, but this is a, a very solid team. Uh, both of these guys, uh, Marcel Bartel mm-hmm. and Fabian Eitner, they're just really good at what they do. And whether it's because they are predominantly been on NXT UK and not necessarily on, you know, main roster or main NXT for the most part, um, or it's because, you know, they are, like, Austrian dudes, um, or whatever, they just don't get a lot of shine as far as um, you hear a lot about them.
1: No, you really Uh, don't.
0: They are really, really good, and Fabian Eichner just over-delivered with this. This was a (laughs) match that was really reminiscent of an actual takeover. Mm -hmm. I mean, Von Wagner was totally serviceable in this, like, you know, he did what he was supposed to do. And then everybody else was great. Right. And, um, so I would not have been mad if this was on like an actual traditional takeover, which is, you know, probably, you know, that listen, then the men's war games, you know, if you would have swapped these other matches out with, you know, some classic black and gold matches, it right. would have been like a, a solid takeover, but, um, but yeah, uh, really good. And then as far as O'Reilly, you know, kind of both him and Johnny. Um, and, you
1: know, we might be getting ahead of ourselves like a little bit. A little bit, but we can... I, we'll talk about Gargano towards the end of the uh, the, the one count, but I want to... What do you think about uh, K.O.R.? Do you... Do you AEW feels like where he's going to go. He didn't have that same send off that Johnny Gargano had. You know, they made time to make sure that Gargano could say what he wanted to say. Kyle O'Reilly moves to Von Wagner in the Steel Cage match to open NXT. To me, that and flashes sign- and undisputed era. Symbol. Right, that to me symbol signals <laughs> two things. You know what I'm saying? Gargano maybe he leaves maybe he doesn't if he wants to stay I think they basically showed you you know the door is open Candice Gray is still under contract she's probably going to be there you know nine months after the fact whenever she delivers this baby but if you're WWE I don't think you go out of your way to give Johnny Gargano this huge send off. If he's going to AEW, if Kyle O'Reilly's going to AEW, okay, motherfucker, we got you. And I think that's how they played it. What do you think?
0: Yeah. I mean, slightly less publicized than Johnny because his wife's not a professional wrestler on the same brand, but uh, Kyle's also an expecting father early, you know, next year. So oh, I didn't know that I can see. Yeah. I could see both of them taking, you know, a little time for, you know, fraternity or whatever. Um, you know, and using this as an opportunity, uh, they both have built-in feuds because of the, you know, they you know built-in feuds if they were to come back. Honestly, uh, um, I don't see a future for Kyle Riley in NXT or WWE. Not nearly what he could be in AEW. You know, with his you know getting the band back together. Right. Uh, he seems much more like a Hunter guy, and Hunter's not around. Right. And um, you know, they're just kind of makes more sense for him to go and at the same time johnny i think you know they did a great job kind of with this send off and you know getting some heat building in a feud if he was to come back uh i loved you know his like send off speech i actually didn't watch it until right before the podcast because i didn't really feel like crying all week so <laughs> i put it off <laughs> but uh mark
1: <laughs> yeah i ain't gonna lie. i shed a tear too. i'm like damn johnny you got my ass motherfucker <laughs> but uh but yeah and
0: you know there is a future i think for johnny in the sense that you know even if you were to take a step back or only wrestle once in a while i think that they would love to keep him around as a resource uh as like a trainer resource um you know so that's an opportunity for him to to make money without taking a toll on his body i don't know how he's feeling physically i mean he still wrestles like fantastically yeah uh, but uh But yeah, I mean, selfishly, yeah, I want to see him go elsewhere because I want to see Johnny wrestling and more five star matches. But you know, he's having his first baby, and you know, he's going to do what's best for him and his family. And if that's if that's NXT, I mean, I'm not going to fault him for it. I can honestly say now that he's off of that television show, I, I can't. I didn't watch it all the time anyway. After it switched to 2.0, and actually, you know, a little bit before that, I can't imagine I'll be tuning in too much more often.
1: Um, ratings have gone down for NXT 2.0. Apparently, this week's Tuesday's show has been is the worst that it's ever been. Um, I think it's on cage side seats. If uh, you want to go in and delve into it a little bit more, I think it was like Did a... Did you
0: see the, the median age?
1: No, I didn't see it.
0: 62.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: And that's not like an average. That means half of the viewers were older than sixty two, Right. and the other other half were younger. Yes. It's insane, and they did all this to make it, it's also the oldest the show's ever been, right? Uh, ratings wise, and they did all this to attract you know young younger viewers, crowd so, and it's uh, not doing it. That's what's your name? Uh, you know, Toxic Attraction, right? Whoever the Daddy's Girl is, like oh,
1: with something Stratton.
0: Yeah, Tiffany Stratton or Tiffany that's, Stratton, yeah. A, that seems to be uh, not appealing to a younger audience and just cre- creepy old men. <laughs>
1: <laughs> kind of a surprise. I'm like, you know, I can watch Toxic Attraction. I'm not a fan, but, you know, whatever the case may be. I mean, Tiffany Stratton sounds like the little rich girl that, you know, I want to boo when she comes out because she thinks she's entitled. But, I mean, I agree with you to a certain degree. On Tuesdays... When I came in before the reboot happened, NXT was one of the first things I wanted to watch. Now, slowly but surely, it's one of the last things I watch on Tuesdays just because I feel my interest is slowly but surely waning away. It's not because I don't, I don't like some of the wrestlers. There's some wrestlers I do like, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But then a lot of this is, is really developmental, and they're just trying to do any and everything, let's try this, let's try that. We'll talk about that in NXT here in a little bit. But for me, personally, that's where I'm at with NXT. I'm just not a huge fan of the direction of where it's going. I get it. Some people like this developmental direction. It's going to be, some of them are going to be the future of WWE. Others aren't. I have not I don't really want to. I'm not that invested in WWE to see the future. You know, I want to see the present right now. What's going on with, you know, Roman Reigns and I guess Drew McIntyre, Big E? I'm present guy. I don't want to know about the future. I can care less about that shit. The past is the past, whatever the case may be. Let's move along. Cameron Grimes versus Duke Hudson in a hair versus hair match. I'll start with this. I said it, I guess, last week. I said it on Twitter. I had no real investment in this match. To me, this was the feud versus Cameron Grimes and LA Knight just a notch down I was way more invested in that I was totally down with that but they built that story up to the point where now when it came down to the time where they had to have the match for, for the uh, the million dollar title I wanted to see who won this shit I could have cared less who got their hair cut by the end of this match obviously Cameron Grimes wins he takes a nice little top chop off of the uh, head of Duke Hudson neither here nor there, he comes out on a Tuesday night with a platinum blonde wig. You couldn't see that coming. I guess I'm old school on this one, Vice. I want to see everybody get their hair chopped off, and I'm just gonna be the guy screaming on my lawn about this. Tubir, beer. What did you think about the hair versus hair match?
0: Uh, I was fine, but yeah, no investment. Like you know, you, you really for a gimmick like that, uh, you need heat, and there's just no heat. Really,
1: it happened so quick.
0: Yeah. Yeah, which is classic. I mean, WWE does this thing where they very often do the gimmick match first to, like, start the feud and then, like, finish it with, like, a regular wrestling match, which is the most backwards shit you can imagine.
1: I Um, mean, if if you tell the story right... You know, because they did it, and I'll be the first to admit it. I wasn't really a fan of the LA Knight uh, Cameron Grimes feud. And then as it started to go along, as they did the vignettes with the, you know, on the golf course and all this other shit, that's when you got me because you got me to invest into the match. They told the story. This was a story, all right, but it was like a two week story. You know, it's a poker game. Next thing you know, Cameron Grimes is bluffing the shit out this motherfucker. And now we got a hair versus hair match.
0: it was just, it was whatever. It was something
1: to fill time. Um, I just, I guess I'm looking for more from Cameron Grimes. I guess I want to see Grimes versus Carmella Hayes because I think that would be Cameron Grimes' next step. I thought we all kind of thought that when uh, the, the feud between he and L.A. Knight ended, it just seemed to be a logical step. And then this reboot happened. And now, you know, guys that are... That were on the black and gold brand feel like they're in limbo on this NXT 2.0 brand He and Dexter Lumis are the two guys I can think of off the top of my head That really seem to be suffering a little bit with this reboot, but we'll talk about that here in a little bit The last match on war games probably my least favorite match of the bunch Roderick Strong versus Joe Gacy for the cruiserweight title I, somebody said it on Twitter and I can't think of who it is. Otherwise I give you the credit, but he said this and it made perfect fucking sense. If you're Malcolm Bivens, the uh, manager for Roderick strong, why would you drop the weight limit to protect your heel champion? That doesn't even make fucking sense. Joe Gacy is nowhere close to two Oh five, but now in k style, k style, he's going to drop the fucking weight limit to allow Joe Gacy to possibly take the title off of his, you know, the the star, the crown jewel, dare I say of diamond mine, this made no fucking sense. The match was okay. I guess the right guy went over, but there's no real cruiserweights, you know, that kind of put around right. So, I mean, I don't know to beer. It's you.
0: I, I think, yeah, I mean, I didn't really give a shit about this. Um, and from what I gather, Listening to um, like the wrestling journalists and such, two hundred five live is well. First, it hasn't been live for a very long time. True story. Um, It is neither live nor two hundred (laughs) five. I think they're gonna get rid of it or change it or something. You know, just change the just change the
1: name of the uh, the show. It's it's clearly not a cruiserweight show anymore. Just change the name of the show. Just throw the guys that you've been throwing, you know, on main event. You got main event. You can just throw other guys that are not on main event on whatever you want to change the name to 205 to and just be done with it. That's That, to me, is the simplest solution.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't even really need to be there. I don't want anybody out of work or anything. No, no. Jobs like, you know, riding on the fact that 205 lives still exists. I mean, yeah, they change the name or just get rid of it. Because I, I can't imagine... I mean, they won't release the numbers because, like, it's their internal stuff. It's not on Peacock or right. anything. I don't think it's on WWE Network.
1: So, well, uh, now, now I want to say, I want to say, if you went to Peacock, you can see uh, main event. But like I said, for me, that's you know that's where I start drawing the line with WWE. I mean, you got me on three shows. I'm not watching this fourth show where Cedric Alexander and. Uh, Children Benjamin are getting ready to job to some guys I don't want to see them job to. I can't remember yeah. who they lost to. I was just like, Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. This they is they ridiculous. got me on
0: one show a month.
1: <laughs> what you That's say? The That's WWE the pay per view. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't shit. Let's jump into NXT on Tuesday night. We kind of talked about this already. Uh, Von Wagner goes over Kyle O'Reilly in the steel cage match. This is probably, like I said, Kyle Riley's uh, swan song from WWE. Air guitar air guitar will never be the same. I will not be able to look at somebody do air guitar and not think of K.O.R. So, if this is a swan song for K.O.R., good luck going on the way to AEW or where it is. You're going to go. Joe Gacy with the vignette. mam mam. Brian Breaker with a uh, pretty good vignette is the one I want to kind of talk about a little bit. He kind of gave a little love to the black and gold brand, but he throws out the next challenge basically to... Tommaso Champion, maso Champa. We're one and one apiece. This is going to be the tiebreaker. He throws out the, the challenge for the NXT Championship. And then Diamond Mine comes out and Malcolm Bivis got Brestle. He called this dude LeBron Breaker. I about fell on the goddamn floor. I'm like, man, that is just absolutely amazing. So LeBron Breaker and Roddy Strong are Perry going to have a match coming up. We'll see how that unfolds. Um Cree brothers lose to Briggs and Jensen after GYV uh, interferes with the match taking the tag role I'm so against this GYV uh, we're common criminals you know we're the scum of the earth we're going the KO route you want to see scum we'll show you what scum looks like look GYV is one of the better tag teams you got on this fucking roster. And the fact you got them doing this bullshit is the reason why I don't like to watch this 2.0 of NXT to hear what you think about GYV being common criminals at this point.
0: Dude, I don't know where I saw it. Actually, maybe it was on a war game. It's like whenever they had this vignette about them, like stealing somebody's groceries or some shit. Like, yeah, this is the lamest shit I've ever seen. I couldn't believe it. And, uh, Especially with, like, I mean, that's a work-rate tag team, right? Right. And they are pretty good promos, too. Uh, And they're just like, here's some stupid gimmick, and it's your fault if you screw it up, even though it sucks. Um, Zach,
1: Zach Zach Gibson is one of the best promos in all of professional wrestling period. He can get heat just walking in the door. He didn't have to, he wouldn't have to say anything if he played the shit right, and he can just have fans booing their narrow asses off. I'm a total, I'm just totally against this whole GYV thing. The direction of it, it makes no sense. Just have him fucking wrestle and just go like that. To me, that makes the most sense in the world, but neither here nor there. Von Wagner comes it out. Reminds
0: me, it reminds me of this, uh, this story that I read, um, you know, Freddie Prince Jr. He used to be, yeah, yeah. Uh, a WWE writer, and I guess he has a podcast. Um, I haven't listened to it, but I saw somebody describing it, and they said that uh, there was promo class in NXT, and like it was like Wade Barrett and uh, somebody else, like you know, from back back then, but like a, a legit like guy. I just can't remember the name, but uh, he told like uh, Wade Barrett to uh, he's, like just, he's, like. There was promo class, and he's like, "Come at him like a dog," and so Wade Barrett like growls at this guy. Oh and no! And Just says, "Not an actual fucking dog!" <laughs> God damn it! And he storms outside, and then like he comes, he comes back into the room. And he says, "Let's try it again," and so like the other guy starts cutting a promo about like being like the top dog. And Vince is just like, son of a bitch. <laughs> He's like, promo class is canceled.
1: <laughs> he didn't want you to say dog. He didn't want you to act like a dog. <laughs> yeah,
0: You just had to read his mind and figure out what he
1: wanted out no of the terrible shit. advice. God damn, is a, That's
0: I a guess, perfect little
1: microcosm. I guess, it, and this is just me. You know, I'm hearing this story for the first time. My, the way I would interpret it is just give a really hard, solid promo. If you foam up at the mouth or you spit a little bit, that's okay, because that's what dogs would do. I don't know. Oh, Sheamus was the <laughs> other guy. Wade oh, Jesus, Steven. that's amazingly funny. God damn, WWE so good and so bad all at the same time. Um, Duke Hudson versus Cameron Grimes. They have a a, a vignette, not a vignette, but a, basically a promo. They're going to do a no holds barred match now. At this point, <sighs> okay, man. I mean, just, ugh, just, god damn it, just fucking tell the story. Not do it fast. That's what w. That's what this. T- NXT 2.0 is Everything is on fast forward Nothing is being Explained or dare I say Elaborated Kaylee Ray Comes in as a heel and now All of a sudden is a baby face Case in point moving on uh, Grayson Waller and LA Knight Grayson Waller trying to uh, pick up a, a woman backstage She turns him down drives off with LA Knight Put that in the back of your mind we'll come to that In here in a little bit uh Dexter Loomis makes his return back to NXT a proper. Uh, he has a match against Carmelo Hayes. Um, Dexter Loomis, like I already kind of said earlier, I think he was another guy that kind of struggled when the reboot happened. I'm not saying he'd have been the NXT champion before the reboot but I think he was definitely somebody that they had high hopes for. You could see him getting pushed, and then this reboot happened, and now Dexter Loomis feels like he's, you know, just another guy. Thoughts on the Dexter Loomis-Carmelo Hayes match? Uh,
0: I did not watch. The only thing I watched was the um – uh the Johnny Gargano
1: promo. Yeah, probably a good idea. MSK finally finds the uh the shaman. It is Riddle. Not necessarily the worst thing in the world. You know, you got two stoners, three stoners in this scenario, so it's probably a good thing, but I'm ready for MSK to just get back on the TV and start wrestling matches, you know, I I don't get why they took them off for 6 weeks. It feels like 2 years, but neither here nor there. Um Persia Parada and Indy Hartwell had a little backstage promo, whatever. Persia's going to turn on Indy Hartwell, just, you know, spoiler alert. Uh, JC Jane and uh, Gigi Dolan squashed uh, a couple of chicks. God bless you. Uh, (laughs) Squash me with them. (laughs) Sorry, mom, I'm a bad son. Uh, Tony D'Angelo and... Andre Chase had a little beef backstage. They're going to have a match next week. Once again, I'm waiting for Pete Dunn and Tony D'Angelo to, to have their match. This does nothing for me. Uh, Zylon Quinn versus Santos Escobar was basically the de facto main event. For me, this was all about Electro Lopez. I don't even remember who won this match. I think Zylon Quinn won this match, but don't quote me on that because that's how little I care. And then the end, obviously, is the swan song for Johnny Gargano. Since you're the biggest Johnny Gargano mark on this podcast, the four is yours. Gush on Johnny Gargano.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think there, uh, there are not many people that are so often like quintessentially uh, con- connected to a brand to where you kind of wonder just what in the hell this Promotion would be without this Person and uh, Johnny's one of those I mean he gave us The best matches in NXT history when you list Like the top 10 I'm sure he's in seven of them If not more Um, And the other one's probably just because it was Like some tag match that DIY Wasn't in (laughs) But um, yeah I mean he Was just absolutely fantastic Uh, Just a, a total talent And really you know just he was that guy. Um, you know, he's the, the Tanahashi of new Japan or, um, you know, like you just, you can always rely on, on those people to, to give you, um, to entertain you and to, you know, give you quality entertainment. And, uh, it's just really telling too that in his kind of go home speech is going, going out speech, whether he comes back or not, he's going away for a little while. Right. Uh, the first thing that he does is talk about how I was in this building in 2015 mm-hmm. and WWE told me I would never make it in NXT. And that is 100% a believable story. Totally. You know what I mean? He even says, like, I wasn't blessed with a genetic gift. Pretty much <laughs> saying, like, I'm not a big enough guy. Like, I am not a big enough guy for them. And he thanks the fans for... Johnny wrestling in his dark match against Apollo Cruz. Um, I, I almost said that I was like receiver. I
1: almost kind of remembered that I was like man that, that sounds familiar but I just couldn't place it. But the more and more he talked about that, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But the more and more you talked about like before he became Johnny wrestling the matches that he was talking about before, and I'm like man I kind of remember that man I kind of remember that. But go ahead. Just paints.
0: I mean, and I obviously like appreciative of like his whole time, but like it whether he meant it to or not, it did zero favors to WWE. Um, but, uh, you know, like uh, very touching, uh, built in feud after if he does come back. Um, uh, but you know, like I said, whatever is good for him and his family, I selfishly want to see him in more five-star matches. For sure. It happening in 2.0. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, the other thing that I will say I liked was, uh, he colloquially referred to, uh, on Michaels is heartbreaking. You know, heartbreak that I just
1: have as much time as I needed. And I was like, oh, that's so cool if they just go around calling, calling him heartbreak. <laughs> we cool like that. He's, what, what was the other thing he said? He was like, Chucky's coming uh, behind this, but I was more of a La the Nikita kind of guy. I was like, dude, yep. you, are, you are A, yeah. you're showing your age, and B, that's one of the funniest fucking things you said in a hot fucking minute. If this is ju-
0: Everybody that watched. Since the median age was sixty-two, like right. you know that the majority of those fans watching know exactly what he's talking.
1: about. And that's what the scary uh, part about it was because I wasn't—I never really watched the film Nikita, but I knew what he was talking about. I'm like, God damn, don't fucking get nervous. I'll say this: if I had to put my last. Six dollars in my wallet? Yeah, seven dollars. I apologize. The last seven dollars in my wallet on where Johnny Gargano is going to go. I think he stays. I really think he stays. I think they put him up on the main roster and he takes the place of Kevin Owens slash Sammy Zayn. You can roll him out, have him, you know, have a good match on TV. He might win. More times than not, he'll lose. But I think he'll be there to get whoever you want to have him go you know put over at that point. I really don't think that they do all of this if Johnny Gargano doesn't have some sort of affiliation with WWE. That's just my guess.
0: Yeah, and or you know, maybe it's just one of those things where they really are undecided and they do want him bad enough and they recognize that he can be a big star elsewhere even if they don't have those plans for him. Right. That he can't impact the other show for sure. uh,
1: no, a it's, lot, it's, and
0: they're doing whatever they can to mitigate, you know, the damage and, and hope that he does come back.
1: Johnny Gargano versus Brian Danson? check. Gargano versus Omega, check. Gargano versus what Cole,
0: Gargano versus Adam Cole, baby.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if it's four or forty, check, check, and check. I agree with you on that. I think that it might make sense for them to keep him away from everybody else. It might make, to me it makes more sense to keep him in the fold and help him build either NXT or go to the main roster and start putting guys over there but we'll see, It's for me it's neither here nor there either way, shout out to Johnny Gargano shout out to, Adam not Adam Cole but Kyle Riley. hopefully good things in the future for both guys good things hopefully for the accompanying pregnancies and on that lovely note, let's get to that two count AEW, talk to me, two-beard. What's happening on Dynamite? Man, just so much cool shit. Mm. Uh,
0: This was a fascinating opening to a television show. And it's just something that, you know, we always compare WWE and AEW. And, you know, there's certain formulas for AEW. But WWE is very, very formulaic. Yes. Uh, AEW, not so much or not as much, but um, this is not expected.
1: Nah, they for, got my ass. <laughs> yeah. M- they MJF got my music, ass.
0: Yeah, MJF music kicks off. Uh, CM Punk comes out to thunderous booze because they were looking to cheer MJF because MJF told us last week that he was going to be cheered in his hometown. And the fans are a captive audience in AEW. They are... They're a captive audience and they are um, one that knows that they have a role to play and they are going to play that role often uh, the way that they are supposed to. And this is a perfect example of it because they knew that their job was to cheer MJF as the only fandom in the world. The only, the only, <laughs>
1: in the entire world. That's no what I was saying last it. week. How you gonna boo Cody Rhodes? It's his hometown. Go ahead. Exactly.
0: Yeah, so sometimes, like, sometimes they don't do exactly what they're, like, right. supposed to do. But now, as we'll get into it soon, Cody's leaning into it, so they are doing what they're supposed to do. Ooh, but, yeah, I really want to uh, talk about that. All uh, right, so CM Punk kicks off the show, comes out, and just goes full heel mm. on Long Island, uh, just burying the Islanders. Uh, you know, he's a Chicago guy. He's burying Long Island. Talks with, you know, a lot of cheap heat stuff, talking about how good Chicago is and how bad Long Island is. Um, but, like, never really telling a lie either. So, no. like, he's going full heel, but he's also telling the truth. Like, so he's just being, he is a baby face, but he's just being a dick to these people because they're being a dick to him. And, uh, you know, he's like, this is your guy, I feel sad for you, uh, I can't believe that, you know, this is who you're deciding to cheer for, um, you know, called him chicken shit for backing, you know, such a, you know, terrible dude as MJF, and, um, yeah. They,
1: I, I called him cool. out, you know, he, he decided to walk away. I'll was. i was say this: when MJ, uh, MJF's music kicked off I was like okay this is cool we gonna get the battle royal let's get this shit rolling and then Punk comes out I'm like you motherfucker okay so now we doing this shit I loved it number one because A you got me anytime you can get me on wrestling you know, on a, any kind of swerve I'm already invested so he comes out and they are booing the dog shit out of him I had never good. I know MJF is that dude, and he's he is the probably the top heel, gets the most heat, whatever you want to call it in AEW. I really, really thought that Punk was gonna come out and and not get nearly as booed. Going this route ensured the fact that he got booed. He came out, ran down Long Island, ran down the Islanders, and he and everybody. And it just it was watching, it was like bizarro world because like Long Island was really, really, really starting to get. On CM Punk. I'm like, this is the craziest fucking thing I've ever seen about life. He brings out, you know, that's all you got. Chicago was way better than this. I'm like, damn. <laughs> and this was all that part was all at the beginning. I thought this was an amazing fucking segment. It just shows the versatility for me with CM Punk that at any given point, if you want to flip him heel, same way with Brian Danielson, you can flip him heel. If you want to keep him as a baby face, you can keep him as a baby face. CM Punk for me. Delivered so well. I'm not gonna say put this on the you know the promo of the year you know candidate for the beefers, but this was really fucking good, and it makes me want to see Punk versus MJF that much more.
0: Oh, totally. Uh, so you know, after calling him chicken chick, he heads back and uh, go to commercial. We come back and we have <laughs> maybe my favorite vignette of the year, <laughs> just. Uh, what was it? Uh, pretty much, uh, you know, the, uh, Long Island hero, right? right? Just pulls up in like a Lamborghini or some shit, some like stupid sports car. And then they just go run down the list of, you know, all state wrestler, never taken down, all state, you know, uh, Defensive tackle with a bunch of sacks or like whatever. Yeah, the you know uh, most
1: sacks in the in the season or most tackles in the season, something like that. I mean, it, it was basically you know yeah. the MJF you know hit list of of accomplishments. Go ahead,
0: including uh, him being on like the choir squad <laughs> and like the leader of an acapella group, and also my favorite one, which was and dude like. So many chicks. Chicks.
1: (laughs) And he looks at the camera kind of, you know, it's like the sign of like, yeah, so many chicks. I'm like, this
0: motherfucker is crazy.
1: That's why I love heels. Go ahead.
0: He's wearing his high school varsity jacket and then his music hits and that's what he comes out in. And, you know, like, it was like pretty mixed, but he got like a big baby face pop, like, right at the beginning. Oh, yeah. And they, they were really... They were really behind this dude, and he comes out for the uh, the dynamite diamond ring battle royale. And um, even though he works the whole match as a heel, they are cheering him the entire time. Totally. Lineup, uh MJF, Wardlow, Matt Hardy, Frankie Kazarian, Jay Lethal, Ricky Starks, Will Hobbs, Dante Martin, Leo Rush, Mike Matt Sydal, Lee Johnson, and Lee Moriarty. And good lineup because I mean mm-hmm. I could see you know, most of those people, um, you know, being in, you know, this match because it goes down to the last two and then eventually, um,
1: the last two know, rest actually have a match for the, uh, the yeah, diamond ring.
0: And so super cool. Uh, a lot of storytelling, which mm-hmm. they do a great job of because, you know, in WWE and a lot of promotions, this would just be some bullshit throwaway match, like battle Royals. Like the talent doesn't like them. They just, You know, but nothing happened in matches. And here we had at least two stories well told, and maybe more. uh, But MJF dumps Wardlow, uh, Mm -hmm. which adds fuel to the fire of the eventual Wardlow babyface turn that we all know is coming. It's years in the making.
1: Yeah, super slow burn. But yeah, I'm just waiting patiently. I would be a little surprised if Wardlow... Didn't cost MJF his title shot, and that's how he becomes a babyface. It's i I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but if it did, I wouldn't be surprised if it did.
0: Yeah, or at least like maybe he doesn't cost it, but he doesn't interfere. Fear, yeah, all. yeah, forcing MJF like if MJF is expecting a support and then he, he loses, right? Um, but uh, so yeah, like you know the CM Punk MJF match uh, that, that's definitely going to happen. You know something like that where Wardlow is supposed to maybe hand him the ring or whatever. And he just like, doesn't do it. And he walks away and CM Punk gets the win, you know?
2: No, um, oh, we be, can see that
0: great storytelling. And uh, then we had Dante Martin. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get the payoff where he swerves team Taz and he dumps uh, Ricky Starks because they're the last three in the ring. MJF, Ricky Starks and Dante Martin and Dante Martin throws Ricky Starks over the top. And, Taz is going apoplectic, and I laughed so hard. Like, dude, Taz was like cracking me up in this because you know he was talking about. Uh, like, it was later on, later on the show actually, but uh, right here he's talking about how like, oh, he swerved me, he Like, terrible. He's like, I had a, He signed a contract. He's
1: like, my lawyers suck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking, Chaz, don't feel bad. I'm saying he got me too. I'm like, I'm sitting there thinking, how's the MJF getting out of this motherfucker? I mean, that, you know, ultimately it plays itself out. The one thing I took away from the the vignette, well, two things actually, the MJF vignette, it was really reminiscent of when charlotte flair came in for her wrestlemania match she flew in from the helicopter or whatever so it was like a call back to her dad back in the 80s and it basically you know it followed her into the uh, arena or whatever and then you had the actual live scene when charlotte came out mjf came out same concept the other thing that I kind of took away from it was MJF looked oddly happy. I mean, dare I say, you know, baby face happy. It almost looked like he was getting ready to kind of tear up a little bit because Long Island was showing him this much love this is what Atlanta and y'all need to be ashamed of yourselves, booing Cody Rhodes like that. That's your hometown boy. That's what I was expecting Atlanta to do last week. And they didn't do it. I'm like, man, you keep fucking with this. Cody going to go heel on you. And we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. uh, Oh, another little, little story in there uh, during the match, uh, bunny pass, uh, Matt Hardy some brass knucks and got Jay Lethal out. So there's probably a match happening. Yeah. There. Yeah. Um, I was, I was going to say, I,
1: I told you you didn't even think about that, but now that you mentioned it, that kind of makes more sense. I don't necessarily want Jay Lethal to be going up the, the ladder so quick. And it feels like he's going to be one of those dark, dark elevation guys to start. This is fine. I don't have a problem with him and uh, Matt Hardy having a little feud for a little bit.
0: Yeah. A couple veterans. And, yeah. uh, so anyway, uh, I'm very pissed, right? Uh, so starts beating down Dante Martin and MJF, uh, who had just shaken Dante Martin's hand like a pure baby face. Like, he's like, hey, buddy, good job. Like, he threw him out and he's like, we're going to have a match. Great match next game. week. <laughs>
1: Put her there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there looking he's like, just, he's uh, getting ready to punch him. He getting ready to punch him. Go ahead, punch him. Go ahead, punch him. And
0: then he just then he just leaves and he walks up the ramp and Ricky starts beating Dante Martin down and MJF's like, like, Should I? Ah, you know, Should like, I? Do, I, do I go save? And you know, he's really trying to decide. And then he's like, "Oh no, I'm not going to do it." And he turns around to walk towards <laughs> the, heel, the heel entrance, and then he just turns around and starts running like the, the purest baby face you've ever seen. And he gets in the ring and then just starts beating the shit out of Dante. Dude,
1: it, it was, was amazing. So it was so amazing. So he slides underneath you know, the ring ropes, and he, you know, they're doing the face to face. I'm like, "Come on, guys, you're both heels." think about it. <laughs> think about it. You have a match with him next week and he just turned on you. Don't do WWE. And I th- I feel like as soon as I said that shit, the next thing you know, MJF's got him in the head like he's beating his ass. Ricky starts to stomp at him like he owes him some money. It was absolutely perfect. That whole the first two segments. The Punk segment when he came out and ran down MJF and then this match itself I thought was a really good way to kick off AEW Dynamite. I love the both segments
0: yeah it was, i was just like oh I was like, this is gonna be like a killer show yeah and there was some killer stuff on it it kind of i would not say lost i think maybe the second half it lost a little steam but this first half was
1: it came amazing, out yeah it so. came out banger for sure
0: and then um we had jurassic express of varsity blondes defeated the acclaimed in 2.0 uh max castor had a pretty good <laughs> rap um you know like uh Talked about the Jungle Boy can't cut a promo, and we'll send you packing like Andrew Cuomo.
1: I was Uh, like, okay, that's it.
0: Governor, (laughs)
1: yeah. Put the the mic down. You don't have to say anything else. You made me laugh. All right, we're good.
0: Uh, And pretty good match. Uh, Anthony Bowens kicked Brian Tolman right in the face. I mean, just smoked him. Just smoked him right in the face. Uh, He tossed Baker for an appointment on Twitter and she said no. Uh so I'm assuming he probably lost his truth or something. <laughs> uh, I told he
1: didn't see that. That's great.
0: Yeah. He says, Do you have a spot for me? And she just said no with a period at the end. <laughs> uh, so, I so
1: Nobody's breaking K I love it.
0: Oh yeah. The uh the big bummer here was um, you know, Eddie Kingston comes out to throw Daniel Garcia into the stairs to kind of, you know, keep him from interfering. Kind of continue their feud from their their good match, you know, a couple of weeks ago. But um, you know, then camera goes back and Eddie Kingston's ranting, but there's no, no audio. Okay, so,
1: like, cool. I was good to hear... ask you.
0: Yeah, you couldn't hear what the hell he had to say and Ortiz is there and they're both New York guys, so like the whole idea obviously was for them to get a big pop like a big local babyface pop. Uh, but, you know, you couldn't hear anything. And then 2.0 and Garcia come and do their classic backstage beatdown that they're doing every single week. And they leave the baby faces laying, you know, which is fine. But, like, it lost a lot because you couldn't hear what the hell that they were saying. So.
1: No, I totally agree with that. I, I wanted to see if you wanted to make that connection, you needed to have vol- or volume or audio, whatever you want to call it. Now I was thinking if Ortiz is there, Santana is going to have to be involved in this in some form or fashion. It feels like Chris Jericho is getting ready to go on tour with Fozzie. This feels like six-man tag uh, Eddie Kingston and Santana Ortiz versus 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. That's just my guess.
0: Yeah, and it's like uh, it's almost like Eddie's kind of a ancillary or honorary inner circle member. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's kind of making the rounds with, with the inner circle. So, uh, next he's going to be interfering in TNT title matches.
1: So, uh, <laughs> Come on, man. I'll say slow down. There's enough inner circle guys. They can jump in there anytime they want to.
0: And then, um, if it wasn't for that fantastic vignette, uh, I say the next part would be the highlight of the entire show. Uh, but it was the best match on the show and it was the best wrestling match I've seen all week. and actually probably in a couple of weeks, um, the Young Bucks uh, defeated uh, Chucky T and Rocky Romero. I freaking loved this match. Uh, I loved what happened after the match. I Everything about it, from Brandon Cutler being the biggest geek on the planet and just <laughs> completely owning his role to the Young Bucks with their just absolute heat magnet, like paint gear and all the shit that they do. Uh, Rocky Romero was, like, the star of this match. Just Agreed. An absolute, just, the dude is so talented. And he, he and Kojima
1: is. are, like, the two guys that I can think of that aren't aren't named Moxley, aren't uh, Kenta. They are the guys that are, you know, keeping this forbidden door kind of uh, gimmick going, and they've had good matches. Anytime you put, them, put these guys with, you know, Rocky Romero was in... Impact like a couple of weeks ago. Now he's on AEW television. Kojima the same way. These two guys, I think, really, when asked to step up to the plate and have a good match with guys from other promotions, they've over-delivered, which is crazy.
0: Yeah, and I don't know about Kojima, but I do know that Rocky is in, he's an office guy for New Japan. Yep. And it seems like he's kind of the liaison to the West. You know, as far as, he's like, knows everybody, he's super cool, he's friends with everybody. Um,
1: Big on New know, Japan, strong boys. too, so I mean, in that scenario, that's, I could totally hear what you're saying on being the liaison from uh, East to West, for sure.
0: Yeah, so, uh, you know, Adam Cole's out there, and, you know, there's, you know, Orange Cassidy, and there's a lot of, you know, for lack of a better term, fuckery, like, going on. Uh, my favorite line on commentary for this whole thing was... uh Adam Cole's sitting there after they do the, they look like they're going to do the the double dive, but they just slide out and they do the, the kiss on each side of Adam Cole's face. And uh I <laughs> was, was just going say,
1: I love that. I love it. Every time it makes me laugh.
0: Oh, it's such a great spot. And uh, Tony Giovanni just says, Adam Cole needs to wash his hair. <laughs> <That
1: guy. laughs> like, Tony don't give a fuck, not ne- not necessarily two fucks. No fucks given, okay? I love Tony Trevino on yeah. commentary.
0: So Super Click, uh, you know, attacks best friends. Uh, Wheeler Yuta tries to come out for the save, but, you know, he's a young, young boy, and, you know, they beat him down pretty quick. Uh, Adam Cole, Panama Sunrises, Orange Cassidy. Uh, Super Click's about to do the, the triple BTE trigger. Uh, and then who comes out? Who? It's Sue. <laughs>
1: Right, uh, <laughs> driving
0: her son in her white, like you know, in her white minivan. minivan. <laughs> Trent comes back. After Mom, can being you drop of me
1: her. off at the Long Island of, at, or, Arena? Sure, son. Get on in. I'm like Jesus Christ. I love this fucking <laughs> angle. Dude, it is so fucking it, comedy that it it doesn't even make sense.
0: It's so comedy, and they're just absolutely perfect. Uh, like you know, it's just this whole thing the people are popping so hard and I'm so excited. I'm sitting here at home and you know, and we make this comparison all the time. Like nothing on any other programming makes me so hype. And I'm so invested in these like longer stories. Like I know, you know, Trent's back from spinal surgery. The dude looks phenomenal.
2: Ooh, a shirt
0: chat. He just ripped. And he comes out and just destroys all these guys. No chair or nothing. I thought he'd grab a chair. It doesn't. Don't just need destroys it. Destroys every one of them. Babyface is Stan Strong. Uh, Chris Statlander walks through to the ring. Um, and then we get the old school Rapungi right. Vice music.
1: The and high five, the whole shebang.
0: The high five. You get the hugs. You get Excalibur saying, you got to give the people what they want. And the Rainmakers zoom out. And it is just it's everything man no, like, it's everything it's such you know bill would say you know it's a variety show mm-hmm. and it's exactly what it was it was absolute variety this was my favorite part of the whole night This was my favorite part of the week
1: no i i would have as much as i don't want to agree with you on this scenario i will agree with you on this one i thought this was really well done i thought the super quick was getting ready to just stomp our best friends we were you to you know everybody and anybody and then you know all of a sudden You kind of pan back, and you know you hear this music. I'm like, "What the? Who the fuck is this?" And I'm like, I see the minivan come up. Like, oh, you got to be kidding me! I didn't know Trent Beretta had 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 successful surgery and was ready to come back. And he steps out this minivan. I'm like, holy shit! (laughs) I mean, he was in shape before he got hurt. Now he looks like he's draw. He lost a little weight, like five or ten pounds, and he looks cut. And like you said, he came in, no weapons needed, no ammunition needed. I'm coming in and just handling business. I love the bucks for making sure he got over in that scenario because they're going to have to make sure that he looks good coming in after months and months of being gone. They did their job. Like you said, at the end, the, the baby faces stand tall. Mom's in the middle of the ring. She don't know which way to look. It was totally fucking amazing. And it was good fucking TV. I loved every minute of it.
0: Yeah, it was great. Uh, so we can kind of power through the rest of it. Um, it's pretty okay. Like from here on out, but those, those were, those kind of the highlights started to slow down a little bit after here. We had uh Reho defeated Jamie Hader. Uh, totally solid match. Uh, you know, Reho is a fantastic underdog. I, all these people on Twitter get so worked. Like it's so stupid. Like that's her whole gimmick is she's an underdog she's tiny. Yeah, And people are just like, she's just not a credible threat. I'm like, dude, she's, like the the first champion like she had like a, a good championship run where she was like taking all contenders you know including Nyla Rose like mm-hmm. multiple times and that's the gimmick like she's a Female Rey Mysterio, exactly.
1: You know I mean? like, dude, you, and, you still. I was sitting there like, who's who does who she remind me of? Who does she remind me of? And that's that's the person. That's the number one person that she reminds me of. Just on obviously male, but the ultimate underdog. Rey Mysterio didn't have no business beating uh, Big Show and I can't remember who it was, uh, Mark Henry in the same match at the same time. That shit shouldn't happen, but he did it. So, I mean, if you're going to sit here and be a champion for WWE and that shit, it's the same concept. It's just females in this scenario.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, totally fine. Uh, Britt Baker stomps on Reho because that's what she does. She's a heel. Um, and then Varsity Blonde's on stage for an interview and um, uh, Malachi Black
1: Miss, Julia Hart's face. Okay, uh, hang on for a second.
0: This I is, just said that <laughs>
1: sentence. <laughs> the same. I'm, I'm getting ready like, Oh, wait. A minute.
0: He's heating up.
1: All right, just. <laughs> oh, wait. I still do. I do have that drop. This is the only thing I got to say about that particular segment the Malachi Black and Farsi um, Blonde segment. It reminds me of like. I can't remember who the comedian was. I think it was either Eddie Murphy or Chris Rock. And I was and it's um I think it was Eddie Murphy. He was like, you know, the difference between white people and black people in the horror movies, black people hear some shit and they just run. You know, it's gonna be like, jaw, 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 to, you know, fuck that shit. What was that? And they just take the fuck off. <laughs> the white people are like, you know, this is a great house, you know, the, the neighborhood's great, the kids are having a fun at the good time. You know, get out. What was that? Did you hear that? You know, they'll, they'll sit there and investigate that shit. That's what I thought when- a
0: chair just floated across the room, and
1: the guy's like, No, it didn't. We got a great deal <laughs> on this house. We're not moving for shit. That's what I thought when Malachi Black came out and he's standing there for like, you know, maybe five, ten seconds. I'm like, y'all better run. Y'all better run. No, y'all ain't gonna run. Okay. (laughs) So he spits the message to your hard time. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) this is some shit. I would, I guess my question is, where is this all going? Are these going to be people that could form this new House of Black? Is this just people that we're just running down from Malachi black to build up. What's the deal with the black mist?
0: Yeah. I was wondering if maybe it was like a, um, something like that. How do you say like corrupted? Right. Because right. you can see like on his eye, it like kind of gets, it changes, right? Like it has, sometimes it has more, sometimes it has less. Right. like it's the idea that it's like the embodiment of like evil mm-hmm. and it, like Malachi Black is like the host for like some kind, you know, like a venom like type yeah. thing, like some kind of symbiote, and he like spits in her face, and then she's like part of it. That's a little supernatural, like for something that AW has done recently. Uh, but it, I almost kind of got that vibe. Otherwise, like why is he? spitting in her face other than it was like kind of like hilariously funny like it came out of nowhere
1: I'm like god damn man did you watch last week did you not see B- B- Pocket blasted twice twice he's lost two eyes now y'all motherfuckers just gonna sit there come on man
0: yeah I'm uh I'm spitting something in Julia Hart's face and he's watching it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> You ain't shit. <laughs> so, uh, then we had Brian Danielson defeating uh, John Silver and I mean, this was, um you know, not unexpected, but again, uh hometown boy, like, it was kind of perfect, like the way this lined up because they kind of scheduled these dynamites like far in advance. Like, I don't know if this was like an actual plan or it was just something that kind of clicked and they ended up, right, you know, figuring it out, but they got all these guys for Danielson to beat in their hometown. Hometown. And yeah, um, you know, like the whole thing, you know, was, uh, Danielson, you know, being a big heel, uh, knocks out silver, put them, you know, with Gotch pile driver, put them in like the lapel lock, silver's already out. Yeah. I was about to so say totally unnecessary.
1: <laughs> I'm looking at him like, yeah, he's done. <laughs>
0: yeah. Danielson says he, he was like, oh, I said I was going to kick his head in. I never kicked his head in. And then. Uh, Page runs out to, you know, further the, and run, runs them off, you know, classic, you know, go home shit for, um, you know, a big title match next week for Winter is Coming. So uh, super exciting and um, also very excited for upcoming Rampage. Uh, we got FTR uh, versus the Lucha Brothers, mm-hmm. which should be good. Uh, we also had uh, Ruby, Ruby Soho. She was interrupted on this show um, by Bunny and Penelope Ford. And Nyla Rose, cheap shot at her, and it looked like Tay Conti and a came for the save. So Why didn't they uh, hit them with like the chairs?
1: Why didn't why did they hit them with the chairs? I mean, you, you I bring them in the they chairs. They, I'm like, come on, man. Just Just take a swing yeah. at it. Even if you don't hit these motherfuckers, don't bring in the chair and not use the shit. Maybe the heels
0: were supposed to get out of dodge faster than they did. Right. They really kind of made, <laughs> made the baby faces look like chumps. Right. And like Tay is just like way too much of a sweetheart to like swing a chair at a person like, <laughs>
1: i'll let you go but so don't happy. let this happen again
0: yeah like she's like the happiest looking person mm-hmm. um and you know that she could just kick your ass like so fast um i'd probably pay money for it but um
1: what for I her mean, to kick your ass?
0: Yeah, I'm not even that kind of guy. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I could get something out of that.
1: So, uh, I don't know, so. man. You you twisting my arm like that? I ain't gonna be thinking about. Oh, let's get down to the business later, man. I'm like, get the fuck off my arm, please, and thank you.
0: Yep. And uh, then we have uh, Cody.
1: Uh, this is what I wanted to talk order, about. But
0: this is up- upcoming stuff, uh, like setting up upcoming matches. Uh Zayn is interrupted uh, by Cody. So Cody comes out and. He says, he's challenging for the Open Challenge on Christmas Day. He says, from one good guy to to
1: another. another. He says,
0: yeah, Uh, he's like, I'm looking forward to accepting the Open Challenge on Christmas Day. And the fans just boo their hearts out whenever he says, from one good guy to another.
1: They booed him as soon as his music hit. It was like, I'm like, damn. (laughs)
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm like, okay. And he goes to shake his hand, so they shake hands, and then he goes to leave, and he starts towards the heel, heel tunnel, ramp. and then he's like, oh, nope. He's like, wrong one, and he turns around, and it was just so perfect. Like Cody is really good at what he does.
1: He, and, he uh, is hitting all the nails on this slow-ass heel turn, and that's what this is. I don't care what anybody says. It is time for Cody to turn heel. It makes perfect sense for whatever reasons the fans have turned on him and that's okay now you make him heal this is my hot take for the week Cody Rhodes is going to turn heel he's going to repeal the fact that he's going to be you can't go for the championship anymore and at some point he is going to be the AEW champion in sometime in 2022 that's my hot take Hot <laughs> <here>. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I've been I've been saying this for a while. I know Bill, and this is the only reason I wish Bill was here because he kind of pushed back on me on this when I said that Cody ultimately could break his promise to the fans and actually go after the AEW Championship. And this is how you do it: the fans have basically opened up this avenue for him to a be a heel, b take is to take this stipulation away, and c God, if you. Can you imagine if he beat Adam Page for the title sometime next year? Motherfuckers would lose their shit. And that's what I'm waiting for. He's probably Page is probably going to beat Daniel Bryanson. I'm going to go ahead and say that's probably going to happen. Not 100% sure. Not going to say it's a lot, but I'm probably sure that's going to happen. So if that does happen, Page is going to have some, you know, title defenses up into a certain point, wherever they decided they wanted them to lose. For me, Cody Rhodes or MJF, either or, MJF one, Cody Rhodes two, either one could take the title away from Page, and I would be okay with that.
0: I think the only dude that uh, Cody should ever challenge for that title is. MJF because he's the whole reason that he can never Yeah,
1: yeah, that makes Yeah challenge
0: it. I think that's the only way, I don't think that they'll Try to get out of it, but I think that's the only way That you could is because We still have not had that Cody MJF Payoff right. at all like no. Co- Cody took some time off uh, And then he came back and started Doing other stuff and he You know, said like MJF will get his or Max will get his He's like, but I have other You know, things And we've never gotten that payoff, and that is something that will—I can't imagine it will be ignored. Um, No, hell no. That's that's another story for another time, as as you would say. So, Um, and I would be remiss if I did not mention that. Uh, my main man, Hook, is to make
2: <laughs> in-ring debut
0: on Rampage. I'm all in on Hook, man. Hook I, versus Fuego
1: Del Sol, baby. You know that's going to be the main event on Friday
0: night. I think it's going to be pretty fire, man. Like, I'm, I have, like, high expectations for Hook. I don't know. Like, he, no. I, I love his vibe. <laughs> he just doesn't say anything. He just he's eating bags of chips. Like, I was like, if I was, like, Hook's age, like, I would like he'd be like a role model to me. I was just like I, I just like I love his vibe, hanging so out, I'm
1: d- no, it out, not saying a word, just you know, come in, you know, take a bump or two, maybe beat somebody's ass, you know, with some help from, from Hobbs and Starks. Yeah, I'll just say this to me: Hook is funny because everybody's made him a joke. But if he comes out on Friday night <laughs> and takes it to Fuego del Sol, he'll gain a little of my respect. I ain't gonna lie, but right now, when The big announcement from Taz is like, you know, I'm waiting for it. I'm like, you know, is it going to be Hobbs? Is it going to be Ricky Starks? Who's going to get a piece of fucking Dante Martin? He's talking about his son. I'm like, man, what the fuck is this? (laughs) You got my ass. I loved AEW Dynamite this week. I thought it was a really good show. It was a really good go home show for winners coming next week. Um, Obviously, we have the title match: Hangman versus uh, Brian Danielson. I'm pretty sure that we're getting Cole versus Orange Cassidy next week. Is that right?
0: Uh, it seems like it, based on what uh, they had. I don't know if they announced it, but I mean, just based logically on the booking, um, that seems like the match.
1: Sheeta versus Serena Deep, I do remember that. I think that's gonna be a banger ass match. They those two have never had a bad match to begin with. And I think that's gonna be one of those matches, obviously, main event aside, I think that Sheeta um Serena D match is gonna be really, really solid. I'm looking forward to that. Anything else on AEW Dynamite that we want to talk about? Uh
0: I don't think so. I was just looking for um the lineup for uh, Winter is coming,
1: but I am failing. So, no, I, I could I can fill for a little bit. You know, I'm good for that. I mean, what the fuck? You, okay, I, I'll filibuster. Oh yeah, up. those are
0: those are those are the three uh, that that are announced: Paige, Danielson, MJF, Dante Martin, and Crow. Sheena Serena Deep. So that's all. They okay, that,
1: that, good. That's a good start. I was gonna say that MJF Dante Martin match, I'm kinda of interested in that just because I think MJF is at the point where he doesn't need this diamond ring anymore. It might be good for him to cough it up. If he keeps it, he keeps it. But two years in a row is probably enough. You know, let's let somebody else, you know, hit the joint for a little bit. That's just me. <laughs> On that lovely note, let's get to our three count. So the three count, we're going to jump over to New Japan. We haven't talked about New Japan in a hot minute. Um, they've had two tournaments going on at the same time, Best of the Super Juniors and World Tag League. I'll go over the rosters real quick, the blocks, or whatever the case may be, and then we're just going to jump into the end of the uh, tournament because it's basically down to the last two or three days. We're going to talk about the uh, pointos and what could possibly happen. On the Best of the Super Junior side, you have Horomu Takahashi, Desperado, Robbie Eagles, uh, Taguchi, Master Wado, Yo, Bushi.
0: Rabbit Fever. Oh, shit. I pushed night. down too hard on that one. Sorry <laughs> about that.
1: Jason's eyes are getting a little old, so we can't just see everything, so we're just going to turn that down. There we go. All right. <laughs> hey, man, I'm 48, man. I still ain't wearing glasses, but I'm still pretty good on this. <laughs> Yo, Bushi, Kanemaru, uh, Doki, Ishimori, uh, El Phantasmal, and Show round out the best of the Super Juniors uh, block, and then the World Tag League. I can't believe this was the team, but Giano and Tanahashi doing very well. We'll talk about that in there in a little bit. Makabe and Hama, uh, Tenzan and Kojima, uh, Nagata and Tiger Mask, Goto and Yoshihashi from Chaos, LIJ being represented by your boy Naito and Sonata, uh, Dangerous Techers, Suzuki and Taka Mishinoru, uh, Taka Hanaru and Great Con- Hanari and Great Khan, basically United Empire, G.O.D., Defending Champions, Evil, and Yujiro Takahashi, and then you have Fale, the returning Bad Luck Fale, and Chase Owens rounding out the... Uh, World Tag League uh, block. So basically, like I said, we're down to basically the last one or two days of World Tag League and Best of Super Juniors. It will end on the 15th of December. So that's basically a week away, give or take. Next Wednesday is the final day. So we'll have both winners of BSOJ and World Tag League crowned on the same day. So if you haven't been keeping up, this is the point totals. On the World Tag League, you have one, two, three teams tied at 14 points apiece. godo and, and uh, Yoshihashi, L.I.J. and Desert Techers. And then you have two teams tied at 12 points apiece. Evil and Yujiro with bad luck, Fowe and Chase Owens, basically both sides of Bullet Club down to 12 points. Now, one of my biggest problems with the way they've done BSOJ and World Tag Week. They've left some... Uh, I guess matches out dare I say a whole day out today was one of those days where they did a best of super juniors and they didn't put it out on NJPW world where you can see it in a block so you would have to kind of if you're a stardom fan like me You would have to sometimes go and watch match versus match, which is a little annoying But apparently there was a block of matches today on the best of super junior side We'll talk about that in a second. I guess here's my ultimate question we we'll start with World Tag League first. You got three teams at 14 points apiece, and then you have the two teams at 12. I said LIJ was going to win this before it started. Obviously, we didn't talk about it on the pod, but I said that LIJ was going to win on Twitter, and I had Hiromu on the other side, basically showing my LIJ flag loud and proud. Who do you think wins... Be- on the World Tag Week side. Like I said, three teams at 14, two teams at 12, and the two teams at 12 do have a couple of matches in hand. Who takes it?
0: Uh, Man, it's tough because, you know, with New Japan and tag team, it's kind of more of an afterthought thing as far as, like, division goes. Um, So i think out of everybody probably tai chi and Zack sabre jr because they're you know kind of more of an actual team team um i think that's my pick for
1: the whole thing can't say i'm mad at you about that they they have two matches they i'm, I'm sorry they have two matches as well coming up uh they have Makabe and Hama, and then Goto and Ishii. Makabe and Hama, I think, have two points. I'm not Goto and Ishi, but Goto and Yoshihashi. Um, I think Makabe and Hama have two points, but then obviously Goto and Yoshihashi tied for the top, so I think that's going to come to the end. Um, Evo and Yujiro, they have Lij and Suzuki and Taka on the back end. I see them splitting. Um, obviously beating Suzuki and Taka because they haven't have any points in this. Basically, that's going to boil down to, you know, once again when we did the G1 a couple years ago when Yujiro was going down with no points. It was you know, could he score points? That's where where I think um, Suzuki and Taka are at this point. Can they upset the apple cart and stop Evil and Yujiro from winning the block? Uh, Fowley and and Chase Owens, they're in the same spot. They have G.O.D. on the final night. They have uh, Tanahashi and Yano before him. I can see them splitting that as well. I can see them losing both of that as well, especially with G.O.D. being the defending champs and essentially out of it with 10 points. I can see that being a possibility. Um, L.I.J. is probably the one team that I'm looking at and obvious for obvious reasons and seeing them being in a bunch of trouble, they have evil and usual for the final night. To me, that would be a must win scenario. Um, They had a draw versus dangerous techers, if I'm not mistaken. So then we're dealing with tiebreakers and the whole shebang. I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to say somehow, some way Sonata and, Naito win the Tag League. I just think, especially when Naito gets hurt by uh, Zach Sabre Jr. during the, uh, the first night of G1, New Japan is all about the stories and all about making it, I guess, a complete circle. LIJ and Dangerous Taggers, to me, are on that collision course for The tag team championships, especially if it's going to happen at Wrestle Kingdom, you're going to have to fill up two nights. That makes sense to me on the World Tag League side. But like I said, that's just me being a the homer of homers on the best of the super junior side. You have one, two, three, four, five, six guys in contention. Two guys at the top, Desperado and Hiromu Takahashi, both tied at 13 points apiece. Their match uh, was a 30 minute draw and if you didn't see that match you might want to go out your way and go see that match that was a really good match and then you have four guys tied at 12 points apiece with ichimori show um yo and i can't read my own handwriting robbie eagles so the last night of the best of super juniors you got Despie versus uh el Fantasmo, he's ichimori versus robbie eagles Ishimori versus uh, Taguchi, and then Show versus Yo, the Battle of the Brothers for the uh, the last night of Best of Super Juniors. I said Hiromu was going to take this shit. I know I threw a lot of it real quick for you. Just quick thought. Who takes Best of the Super Juniors on that side? I feel
0: like uh, Takahashi is the favorite just because he's, you know, that guy. Right. Uh, but... Uh, I do think that out of everyone, not Takahashi, uh, Robbie Eagles has a good chance. Uh, they've been pretty hot on him and he's been putting on some really good matches or, you know, you could do it to put over a guy like show. Um, I think that would be, you know, he hasn't, hasn't held this title. It'd be like the first real big jump for him. He puts on good matches. Um, even though he's part of that, um, stupid bullet club heel group. House of torture. Uh, He's yeah. The house of torture, um, uh, acronym H O T, not because they draw heat. They just draw groans, but, uh,
1: (laughs) you (laughs) ate shit dog.
0: I still think it's her. I still think it's Takahashi. You know, his whole thing is that the, uh, junior heavyweight belt will one day made him at the Tokyo dome. Right. And that's like his like big goal. And well, when you have multiple nights at Tokyo dome, it makes it easier, but I uh, was saying it's going to happen this year, but no. definitely, you know, he's, he's the guy, he's the ace, he's the new Kushida. He's the new Gichin Liger. You know, he's, he's the face of that division.
1: I'll go this way. If I remember correctly, show lost to Robbie Eagles. And that was going to be my knee jerk reaction because show came out and basically won like the first five or six matches, you know. Fuckery aside, he came out hot, and I think he's lost the last three matches now. That sounds right. Still at twelve points. Um, I thought it was going to come down to show versus yo because yo was completely the opposite. He lost the first three, but now is run off six in a row. So they're obviously they're both at twelve points. The final matches against each other. Um. Robbie Eagles beat Hiromu, if I'm not mistaken. So that kind of throws my knee jerk reaction of the winner of Show versus Yo wins the block. I'm gonna still stick with Hiromu. I agree with everything that what you said, especially in the fact that Hiromu and Despi had that draw. I think we're gonna have to run that bad boy back. If that doesn't happen. Show I think is probably going. No, I'll take that back. I think Yo is going to actually win that. I'm not a big Yo guy, but I think Yo gets his receipt on Show and ultimately wins the block. And if that happens, a lot of things are going to have to kind of, you know, fall into that wayside where Ishimori would have to lose. And then, uh, like I said, I'm not sure on the tiebreaker with Robbie Eagles and Hiromu. I would have to really go back and look at that. They they haven't wrestled yet. No, but I'm saying that Horomu lost to Show Horomu and Show lost to Robbie Eagles. So in that scenario, if they're all tied, oh, I got you. I you got know you. the Robbie. I'm thinking head to head is usually the first tiebreaker. Robbie Eagles would have head to head wins over both. Um. Show and Hiromu. This is why I love Dootchad because I'm sitting here, like literally figuring this shit out as we go along. But like I said, those six guys are in the BSOJ. I'm gonna stick with Hiromu. I think that that's gonna be the match itself. If it's not, Yo makes the most sense because it you had Show turn on his brother, and now like AEW, it's gonna come full circle where Yo versus Show is probably going to be. The winner that should probably win the block but don't quote me on that um outside of that just quick thoughts on Russell kingdom coming up here in a little bit i know we had talked about wrestle kingdom for a little bit and there was some trepidation about um japan closing their borders because of this new virus that's coming out and From what I've understood, and I've put that on our uh, text thread, obviously you can't see this, but basically New Japan has come out and said that anybody that has worked over in New Japan beforehand, um, those like... Jeff Cobb, Will Ospreay, guys that you expect to see on Wrestle Kingdom 16, they're going to be allowed to come back into the country on a re-visa versus someone like me that has never been to Japan. I wouldn't be allowed to come into the country because obviously their borders are covered. From that point, I'm really still excited about what is coming for Wrestle Kingdom. Um, Okada, and Shingo is going to be the shit, and then the winner gets Will Osprey, and then from that point we're going to start uh, mixing and matching matches together. I'm really looking forward to, excited, and yeah, let's try this again. Excited and looking forward to Wrestle Kingdom. Thoughts on what could possibly happen past BSOJ and World Tag League?
0: Yeah, it's. I haven't put a ton of thought into it because of the volatility and like the unpredictable nature. Mm -hmm. Uh unfortunately, even though I do keep up with New Japan and still watch all the shows and stuff, it outside of that individual intrigue that you talked about where you're trying to do the math and figure out who's gonna win like the tournament, I haven't really looked too far past that because I haven't wanted to get my hopes up on things that could be dashed away, right?
1: Koto Abushi is one of those guys. I was thinking about that today. I'm like, okay, where does Kota come into this? I mean, if he's healthy, then I want to see him on a Wrestle Kingdom uh, show, either night one or night two. If he's not healthy, then obviously you know sit your ass down and let's get yourself right. But Koto abushi is one of those wild card guys that I was thinking about that has does have a match, hasn't been in a, you know around for a while for obvious reasons. Where do you think that Kota Ibushi, if he's healthy, let's just say he's healthy coming into Wrestle Kingdom. How do you put Kota Ibushi into this Wrestle Kingdom card for two nights?
0: Uh, What is it like? Will has the winner of night one, right? Yes. So I would say have him wrestle on night three, uh, the winner of that match.
1: Only problem with that is night three is apparently going to be a new Japan versus.
0: Oh yeah. I forgot
1: the Noah. Noah. Um, I guess card or whatever the case may be. It won't be seen right away, but you would get the, uh, the replay or whatever the case may be on demand, like a week later. So as much as I would, I would love to see three nights of Wrestle Kingdom, but I think this is the, probably the right thing to do because I, I'm a big fan of Noah and I would like to see other Noah matches. Not like I need to watch any more wrestling in my life, but it would be nice <laughs> to see somebody or another promotion going against my favorite promotion. But unfortunately, in this case, that's not going to happen. I would almost be on the the thought of just having Kota sit this one out, even if he was healthy. New New Year's Dash is usually the next night or the week after, whatever the case may be. Whoever comes you got out, new beginning, yeah. Whoever you know, you comes a, out of that, who whoever comes out of that scrum between um, Shingo Okada and Will Osprey, that's the winner of that. That's where I want to see Ibushi come in, so that way he's healthy, you know, at least on. The days that he's been gone, healthy enough to come back, come back strong, and then give us a performance that you know we've been kind of waiting for. If it's Okada and Ibushi, it makes sense. If it's Shingo and Ibushi, it makes sense. If it's Will and Ibushi, it makes sense. For me, Ibushi is not necessarily the the end game, but it's a part of what should probably have been happening to for Wrestle Kingdom to begin with the fact that he got hurt probably threw a little monkey wrench into all of this shit. But you know, that's just neither here nor there. In My opinion only.
0: Oh, I'm with you. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's tough. And uh, I heard somebody say, actually, I think it was uh, Dave Meltzer on Observer radio. It was a very sad thought. Um, but you know, cause the almost 40 and he's had all these injuries and he's been very Jesus sick. Jesus Christ. He's had that a really is year. Fucking
1: 40 years old. He looks way too good to be 40.
0: I know he's like 39 though. Um, and, uh, he said this like statement and it just made me really sad. He's like, like we might've seen the best of Kota Bushi, not saying he's done. He's like, but he's like, we might have seen the best of him already. You know what I mean? I was like, Oh, was like, that, that sucks. Because he could be right. You know, like he's had a huge bummer, you know, who knows with these injuries like, and he's already broken his neck one time, you know, it's mm-hmm. like,
1: I don't want to think like that. That's that's depressing. That's fuck. I want to at least get one more, you know, good match out of a round of good matches. Abushi Naito, Abushi Okada. I wouldn't mind seeing Abushi Jeff Cobb. I think that that could have some uh some legs to it. But like I said, I think Abushi is going to be one of those guys that we're going to have to deal with probably in the 2022 year where when it's all said and done the smoke queers, whoever is the undisputed champion, and at that point the winner of those two matches, as far as I'm concerned, is the undisputed champion. That undisputed champion needs to face Kota Ibushi immediately. And let's get that out the way. And then from that point, you can start moving forward. Whether it's Jonah, Jeff Cobb, whatever the case may be, you got a couple guys on deck that's ready to go. I'd like to see that happen. But we'll check this shit out. If you had if you don't watch New Japan, this is probably a good time to start doing it because Wrestle Kingdom is coming up here in a little bit. The 4th and the 5th of 2022 two. It is going to be absolutely fantastic. Your boys got both days off. Thank God they just gifted them motherfuckers to me at work. I'm like, oh, I don't have to ask (laughs) off this year. You're just giving it to me. Fan-fucking-tastic. Good job, Sydney Street. I appreciate you on that. All right, that's going to end it for our three counts. Oh, then turn that up. Okay. Um, quick odds and ends. Jeff Hardy obviously is the biggest story that happened between last week and this week. It actually just happened pretty much this week where a video surfaced where Jeff Hardy and I believe it was Drew McIntyre were a tag team against the bloodline and inexplicably Jeff Hardy makes the tag and then goes out into the crowd and... God knows what happened from that point. Some fans are saying that he took pictures with fans and that's why he did it. Others seem to think that there might be some sort of relapse going on. We kind of talked about it on the text thread, but I'll let you have the four on this one. Thoughts on Jeff Hardy's and his release from WWE that just happened today.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going on. I think we can all guess um, what's going on. I mean, the the, the video was like totally surreal cause he just tags out and then he just exits like through the crowd. Like he doesn't like walk up that. the ramp or anything. Maybe he didn't want to go through Gorilla or whatever. I don't know, but he just exited through the crowd. And, um, you know, next day, uh, Sean Rossap reported, you know, that he'd been released and that WWE had offered like inpatient rehab and he'd refused, which, you know, maybe he doesn't need inpatient rehab i don't know what it is it might not be the right option um obviously dude needs help he fights a lot of demons he is a transcendent like personality i mean there's been a huge like outpouring of love from his colleagues and and not just colleagues but um fans and, uh, and other wrestlers and stuff and he's been an inspiration to an entire generation um, the dude was constantly over. He was never not over. No Even shit. when they, were, they had him running around the 24-7, you know, title, uh, the dude was still getting huge pops, and he was always getting people into his matches. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I... Dude has driven under the influence, you know, like, multiple times. That's not great. Uh, you know, it's not, not a, a good thing. Uh, I mean... I feel like uh you know a lot of people are very quick to uh to throw stones and glass houses and mm-hmm. man I've seen some really really bad shit on Twitter, particularly from uh there's one person that uh, you're always arguing with on twitter
1: um, just,
0: yeah, just completely uh, I mean her. just <laughs> I mean just being. Such a dick about, uh, and he, I mean, he's not the only one, there's plenty of other people, um, just being a, a huge dick about this. Um, and I don't know, like, uh, I just kind of err on the side of, uh, you know, hoping that he gets help and, uh, you know, he can be healthy for him and, like, for his family. I don't want anybody to do poorly. Um, you know, so, uh, it's just a, it's a sad thing. And, uh, on the total opposite side, all the folks saying that um oh this is the perfect opportunity for AEW it's just like (laughs) dude like there there's so many more important things than wrestling. Right. Um and uh you know it 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 is it is what it is and it's a bummer but uh yeah, hopefully hopefully he gets the help that he needs and um, you know. Yeah,
1: that's all I got to say. No, I'll 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 kind of piggyback on what you said. Um, For me, it was a bad look when I saw this. I was just like, okay, what the fuck is going on? Why is Jeff Hardy going to go? No, Jeff, don't do that shit. So a couple of days have passed, and then obviously the announcement of his release came up, and then it comes to light that he turned down uh, inpatient rehab. (laughs) that to me is kind of scary. You know what I'm saying? Cause I mean, it's not like we, this is this first time we've been down this road before. If somebody that's not close to Jeff is not pulling him aside to say, Hey, you might have a problem. Hey, you know, this isn't, you know, the first time we've done this, you know, this might be something that's beneficial for you. I think that's kind of a problem into itself. You can't just, the people that I like in my life, the people that I appreciate the most are the people that don't smoke up my ass. If I'm fucking up, if I do something wrong, then those are the people that I expect to say, hey, sit the fuck down, shut the fuck up. There's been plenty of times that Bill's told me on the softball field, look, motherfucker, you doing too much. Sit down and shut the fuck up. And I take that for what it is. There are times where I do too much and I know I'm doing too much and I'm just like, fuck it. We already <laughs> over there. Let's just do this shit. Somebody needs to be for somebody needs to be there for Jeff Hardy to say, "Hey man, we love you. Come back over to the fold." You know, there's there's obviously something wrong with Jeff Hardy. We all have demons, some are small, some are big. These are big Jeff Hardy demons that are, that are carrying on his back. At a certain point, I would like to think that Jeff Hardy would be smart enough to say, hey, I can't do this by myself. I need some help. But then if he can't do it, then somebody else in his immediate circle, whether it's wife, brother, sister-in-law, you know, whoever is close to him that, you know, can reach reach out to him and, you know, make some sort of sense out of this, they need to step in and get Jeff Hardy under wraps. I don't care if he goes to AEW or not. Ultimately, if you want to pin me down to what I think is going to happen, ultimately, I think he does. But right now, in the immediate portion of this program, December 9th, 2021, he needs help. And he needs to go to rehab and get the help he needs. Even if he doesn't think he needs it, he probably fucking does. You don't do shit like that on, on camera. Not even on camera. This is a fucking house show. You don't do shit like that on a house show. And don't think you need help. That's just my thought. Either way, you want to slice or dice it. Shout out to Jeff Hardy. I want him to get better. I'm not even a a hater of Jeff Hardy. I really like Jeff Hardy at the end of the day. But one of these days, he's going to have to get some help. Hopefully, he gets it sooner versus later. The other thing I wanted to talk about before we get out of here is a Uh, article that friend of the show Blood Girl Raven sent over to BFR Pod talking about WWE and some I guess it's 14 or 15 amateur athletes being signed to an NIL agreement now those who don't know what NIL is this is name and image likeness so basically WWE will pay these 15 uh, athletes from college to ultimately train with WWE and then WWE will pick the guys and girls that they like, hopefully guys and girls that they like, and then offer them a contract down the line. Looking at the list, um, it's a lot of people that are athletes, track athlete, baseball, basketball, basketball, one professional wrestler, basketball, track and field, a 400 pound football guy, so I mean that's going to be your next almost Football, football, wrestler. So that's two wrestlers, track and field athlete, football, 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 and track and field athlete. So out of these, this list of 13, 14 people, there are two that are exclusively people that have done wrestling. The others are all outside of wrestling, and we're going to try uh hopefully you can be converted to uh, the WWE style wrestling. My thought is this. I get what they're trying to do. Okay. You're trying to get great athletes, get big, you know, six foot guys. What is it? Six foot six, 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 three Oh five. Another guy is six foot, 200 pounds. Uh, Where's the other guy? Seven foot, 400 pounds. So you see where WWE is kind of going. You know, you want the bigger athlete that kind of explodes off your screen. The stuff that you know a lot of fans of wwe always say that they want you know we want these bigger than life athletes with the larger life personalities okay so this list looks like those a list of a future wwe superstars on this 14 or 15 list uh people list here's my thought on it at some point these 14 and 15 people are going to have to go in the ring and they're going to have to do some bumps and bounces and all this other shit I know it makes sense, but I'll be I got a hard time really thinking that a lot of these guys, maybe a couple, two or three, ultimately come out of this and actually are offered WWE contracts. Is this another way to get paid while you're in college? Sure. But I'm not sure if this is the best way for WWE to find their next great Athlete thoughts about the NIL for WWE. Two beers, Zach Pullman.
0: Um, I mean, it's just kind of making public uh, something that they already do. Mm-hmm. Um, they already have scouts for you know these athletes. Uh, you know, your Bianca Belairs um, is probably the best example of the most recent um, kind of non-wrestling star athlete to actually make it uh, the biggest out of out of everybody outside of your Gable Stevensons and your Kurt Angles and right. stuff, you know, like, like that, um, where there's actual wrestlers. But, you know, like, um you know, guys like Gerald Briscoe, and, um, they would be constantly scouting. Uh, they'd be at these NFL camps and, you know, looking at guys and seeing who has size and who has charisma and, and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, you hit it on the head. It just gives you a roadmap to see exactly where they're going. Every single dude on here is six foot plus 250. Right. And, uh, all four women are very hot. Like that's the, I mean, they got toys for Christ's sake.
1: Okay. That, that's where we're going with this.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, props to the athletes for being able to, to get paid, you know, it's the, the NIL name image likeness. They're, they're marketing it as next in line, you know, NIL. So, some, Fun marketing there, but yeah, they're they're putting a face on something that they already do. They're kind of giving us glimpses into their thought process and plans, but uh, but yeah, it just goes to show you exactly uh, what we already know. They have a type, and
1: yeah, and um, I wouldn't say unfortunately, but I guess we're going to kind of just. Factory some guys and girls through this uh, this type and hopefully see what sticks. I just don't I don't like the fact that there is a lot of non wrestlers on this group. I know there's, you know, guys and girls that haven't wrestled that have gone on to greatness. The rock being on my Mount Rushmore is one of those guys. I just don't think long-term that's a good business strategy. For WWE, it probably is because it's more so sports entertainment and you can get away with you know guys that can go from this next in line NIL to NXT then to the WWE main roster. I guess for me, WWE has kind of shaken my confidence where at any point – Guys and girls can get released. Bray Wyatt is one a, a great example. I mean, he was hot as you know grease fire at one point. And next thing you know, I look up we on our text thread, he's released. I'm like, what the fuck is this? So I guess my I guess the ultimate thing for me is with this nil. I get it. You know, I was a college student. I was in Florida. You know, with no you know very little money and not much else to go around with. If you if you can do this and you can get away with it, more power to you. But know that WWE has their own program, has their bigger plans in mind, you might not be on those bigger plans. Just something to think about. Yeah, it's... Uh, Go ahead, Tupir.
0: It's like, um, you know, you see those those gals and, uh, you know, they only date black dudes. Like, <laughs> could be like a super, like, funny, rich, like, talented... Uh, guy come to try to suit him off her feet. And I'm like, nope, you ain't it. That's uh, that's Vince. that's Vince, except the opposite. He does not think. yeah, yeah. He's not into black dudes at all.
1: Dude, I'm done. Let's wrap this shit
0: up. <laughs>
2: Rabbit fever,
1: middle of the night. Oh, shit. Thank you for listening. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there. Thank you for listening to ours for... To be Zach Coleman For Vice For Bill Vagy Get well soon For Aaron Vagy Keep it down For Edna Mae Baby My cutest niece that I know Uh, For my cats Billy and Lucifer They've been awfully quiet I gotta go see what the fuck they're doing Support your local uh, Yeah really Support your local drug dealers Support your local businesses A Black Lives Matter And everybody Don't forget Boo the heels Boo bitch!